This is a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. Hello and welcome to Health and Living with me, Lim Su. And now as our population continues to become an aging population, um, frailty among older adults is coming up as a serious public health concern. Now, frailty leads to a higher risk of adverse health events, things like falls, disability, even mortality. But are we picking up on cases of frailty in the community? And really, what are we doing about it? So on this episode of um, Healthy Aging, I'm joined by Dr. Ahmad Munawar Helmi Salim, founder of Be Vital Physiotherapy Centre, and Dr. Noor Harzana Harun, a family medicine specialist. Um, she's also on the panel, Kasi Panel Penasihat for Klinik Kesihatan Panamaran. Both of them are here to help us better understand frailty and we want to find out more about a program, um, a screening program that Dr. Munawar and his team is currently running as well. Um, thank you so much uh, for joining me on the show today, Dr. Munawar and Dr. Harzana. Thank you, Sin. Thank you. Um, I'll start with you, Dr. Harzana. Maybe we underst- let's understand frailty a bit better first. How would you define what frailty is? Uh, thank you, Sue Anne. So basically, frailty in the context of aging adults is actually refers to a state of increased vulnerability mm-hmm. to health problems and a decreased ability to recover from illnesses or stresses. It is uh, not uh, simply related to uh, the chronological age, but rather reflects to cum- cum- cumulative effects of various factors such as uh, physical, psychological and social changes that occur as people grow older. Common characteristics of uh, frailty include weakness, mm-hmm. decreased uh, physical activity, uh, and intentional weight loss, and fatigue. Mm-hmm. And this uh, frailty can be assessed using various tools and skills, and it's actually important to identify because frail individuals are at higher risk of falls, as you mentioned, mm-hmm. hospitalizations, disability, and mortality. Uh, early detection and interventions uh, such as exercise programs, nutritional support and uh, managing underlying health condition actually can help improve the quality of life of uh, for the frail older adults and uh, reduce their risk of uh, adverse outcomes. Mm. You mentioned, um, Dr. Harzana, that frailty is not uh, necessarily a result of cumulative age. So is frailty, would you say that frailty is not inevitable then as you grow older? Yeah, frailty is actually not an inevitable consequences of aging. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, while aging is actually associated with certain uh, physiological changes and increased risk of uh, health problems, and then actually not all older adults become frail. Mm. Frailty is actually a complex conditions. It's influenced by combinations of factors, including genetics, lifestyles, and medical history. Many older adults remain physically active, mentally sharp. Uh, and maintain their independence as they age. Factors mm. such as uh, regular exercise, balanced diet, uh, social engagement, managing chronic health conditions can help prevent or delay the onset of uh, frailty. Mm. Uh, additionally, uh, uh, early detection and intervention again, yeah, I stress again here, mm-hmm. when uh, early detection intervention when signs of frailty are present, so it's actually effective in reducing uh, its impact and improving overall well-being. Mm. What is the community awareness like when it comes to frailty, Dr. Harzana? What do you see in your clinic? Because you speak to patients um, when, you, when you talk to them, uh, especially older adults about it, right? Do they take it seriously or do they think ah, that's just normal? Uh, 
uh, community awareness uh, about fertility is actually varies uh, widely depending on the region, culture, mm. and healthcare infrastructure. But for my clinics, uh, it's, it's actually I I see there's uh, some growing concern. Okay, mm-hmm. but of course, um, we as a healthcare professional have to do you know work more on it, and of course we have to continue educate, 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 and of. Uh, hopefully, uh, they 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 you know look this uh, uh frailty issues is as a serious matters mm. in uh, before it's going, um you know um worse yeah mm, mm. yeah. I'm curious, Doctor Munawar, you because you you work <coughs> at the Institute Sukanagara, you work with athletes, right? What is their mindset like when it comes to aging? When it comes to how their body changes as they grow older? Do they take it seriously? Yeah, I think I think among athletes, uh, they have that awareness. Especially, mm. we call them masters athletes. Mm. So even after they retire, they're still being active. And and I see patients who are even comparing. I'm I used to be active. I used to involve in sports. I used to um, play um, for the country and also they want to be active as they go older. So. They keep comparing, even though they, they in terms of age-wise, I think comparing to us, like when we grow uh, like them, mm. I don't think we are fit as them. <laughs> but but they have that mentality. I think I think it's in, uh, in their mentality to be fit um, as much as possible. Mm, it's a very different subset, kan? Correct, correct, mm. yeah. Mm. Um, Doctor Harzana, what is the impact of frailty on that individual? Right, because we were talking about the the higher risk of falls of disability. Um, what do you you see in terms of how frailty impacts an older adult's mobility and their independence? Okay. Frailty uh, has a profound impact on the individuals mm. and it's actually uh, affecting various aspects of their health, uh, of course their mobility and independence. Mm. Uh, and then uh, in terms of the mobility, okay, so frailty is actually often the result in a decreased physical strength and their endurance. So this is actually leading to mobility issues and individuals may experience difficulty walking, climbing stairs or getting up from a chair, making it challenging to uh, perform the daily activities. Mm. Okay. Uh, another impact to the individual is actually because of this, yeah, the mobility have some issues, so their independence. So for individuals frequently experience a loss of independence. So they may rely on assistance uh, from family members caregivers or community support services or tasks um, they they perform independently such as bathing, dressing and meal preparations. And also in terms of increased fall risk, uh, yes, frailty is actually associated with elevated risk of falls mm-hmm. and uh, this is actually lead to injuries. Yeah, When there's a fall risk, mm-hmm. there's actually increased risk to injuries, fractures mm-hmm. and uh, of course hospitalization and further compromising individuals' physical health and independence. And there is also nutritional challenge, yeah, mm-hmm. because uh, frail individuals may have difficulty maintaining healthy diet, which can lead to malnutrition. Poor nutrition actually can exacerbate frailty by contributing to muscle loss and uh, weakness. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, there are many things, chronic health conditions, uh, frail individuals actually more likely to have uh, multiple chronic health conditions such as heart disease, diabetes, uh, chronic respiratory problems. And managing this condition can become uh, increasingly complex uh, as frailty progresses. 
Mm. Of course, um, the frail individuals are actually at higher risk of hospitalization. Mm. It's actually often due to complications from infections or other health issues. And hospitalization can further weaken an individual's uh, physical conditions and reduce their independence. Mm. And um, they also, uh, I mean, the frailty is actually um, associated with increased risk of mortality, whereby uh, the friend individuals are more susceptible to serious health events and may have shorter life expectancy compared to non-friend individuals. And at the end, this is actually will significantly, uh, you know, uh, impact their uh, overall quality of life. Yeah, mm. yeah. We talk. We talk about um things like healthy aging. This is one way to not age healthily, right? Because you can't do all the things that you want to do even when you are older. You affect your um, like you said, Doctor Hazana, your family, your caregivers. People have to step in to help. It's not just affecting the individual, but the the community as well, right? Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Alright, yeah. we'll go for a quick break now and when we come back, we'll continue this discussion. We'll talk more about the screening program that's um, being done through Bivital. Um, on the show with me today are Dr. Noor Harzana Harun, a family medicine specialist, and Dr. Ahmad Munawar Helmi Salim, founder of Bivital Physiotherapy Centre. We'll be right back, so keep it here on Health & Living, BFM 89.9. Welcome back to Health and Living with me, Lim Soo An. You're listening to an episode of our Healthy Aging series where today we are talking about the the need to pick up on cases of frailty in the community and why it's important for us to recognise that this is a serious public health concern, that this has wide impact on not just the individual but the community as well and, you know, in the end, on our healthcare system. So joining me to talk about today's topic are Dr. Noor Harzana Harun, a family medicine specialist. She's also on the panel Penasihat for the Clinic Kesihatan Panamaran um, and also Dr. Ahmad Munawar Helmi Salim, founder of Be Vital Physiotherapy. Therapy Center. Um, before we get to the community screening program, um, Dr. Munawa, I'm going to ask Dr. Harzana a bit about how common is actually frailty in our community, and how often do do our cases actually picked up or diagnosed? The frequency uh, of detecting uh, frailty in community can vary depending on uh, healthcare practices, mm-hmm. uh, screening protocols, and awareness initiative. And um, uh, while frailty is actually increasingly recognized as a significant health concern, mm-hmm. uh, it may may still be underdiagnosed in some settings. Mm-hmm. So healthcare professionals, especially those in geriatrics, uh, primary care, and then uh, sport medicine specialists and community health, is actually play a crucial role in identifying frail individuals during routine assessment. So the prevalence um, uh, of frailty is actually can uh, vary depending on factors yeah, such as age, gender, and criteria used to define and diagnose frailty. And actually, frailty becomes uh, more common as people age, and it is more prevalent in older adults. Uh, and then the exact prevalence figures is actually differ from uh, one region or country to another. Mm-hmm. So um, if we... Look here, based on the literature, overall estimates of frailty prevalence in older adults often range from around 5 to 25% or more. And it's actually depending on the population studied and the diagnostic uh, criteria reused. And it's actually uh, important to note that frailty is a dynamic condition and individual's frailty status can change over time. 
early detection and interventions can help uh, manage frailty and improve the quality of life for older adults. Yeah. Mm. So, Dr. Munawar, through Bivital, you've started this this healthy aging program. You want to introduce community screening. I understand you're starting it um uh, in and around Klang, the Klang district. Um, tell me more about why you decided to start this and and how it started. Oh, okay. So basically, um. It started when um, Bivital, we did a program, mm-hmm. um, pneumococcal vaccination for the mm. elderly in Klang, basically in KK Pandamaran. That was with uh, Dr. Hazana's team. And after that, I noticed that uh, I think there's much more program that we can do for, for the elderly communities. Uh, and then Dr. Hazana basically has done quite a, a lot, um, but she has a small number of manpower um, Although um, it has been going going on, but I think as an NGO, I think as a community base, we can do more if we combine our efforts, not just depending on healthcare professionals only, but community. And this one is through an NGO. Mm. So um, there was there's a program launched uh, late last year mm. where the Selangor state government launched what they call it as a Selangor Health Partnership Program. Mm-hmm. So they call a proposal to the public uh, from NGOs or academia uh, who want to um, propose their program. So there was, I think, uh, seven modules and Healthy Aging is one of it. So we uh, we um, sent a proposal and then from 125 proposals, um, they called for 25, uh, 25 proposals to pitch and we were one of the nine that were selected to run this program. So um, this program, um, although it is led by Be Vital um, as an NGO, mm-hmm. so we collaborated with uh, multiple stakeholders from, of course, from uh, Penasihat, uh, not just KK Pandamaran, but Penasihat Daerah Kelang, so mm-hmm. all the Penasihat uh, and the Klinik Kesihatan. Uh, and of course, uh, with MSGM, um, um, Nation Society Genetic, um, and also, um, of course, since it's a state government program, we collaborated with the district office, um, the Pejabat Kesihatan Daerah Klang, um, and uh, also um, the corporate partners. We have the Top Glow Foundations, mm. and we have um, sponsors uh, like Sangban who provided the TerraBands. So um, it is what we call a whole society, whole of society approach to this. Um, so, of course, we have local uh, community leaders. Mm. We have the Persatuan Warga Emas mm. uh, locally. Uh, and then uh, we have the Majlis Perbandaran Daerah, uh, Daerah Klang. So, all of this, um, it is effort. You, before this, is just only the clinic setan or the healthcare professionals. And this is the time that we, we learn from the COVID experience that any any screening program before this we had uh, covid screening uh, ppvs all just don't just depend on the healthcare professional everyone can contribute so mm-hmm. that is why it's through community and uniquely this time around uh, what we do is similarly mm-hmm. during covid we train the volunteers and volunteers are not from healthcare professionals only it it is from non medical background too so anyone can volunteer we trained them. Even before the program started, we had three training of trainers uh, for the volunteers, TOT mm-hmm. sessions. Uh, what we did is we trained the volunteers. Uh, now we have a pool of nearly 300 volunteers. What do the volunteers do? So actually this program, the screening is run by the volunteer themselves, oh. 100%. Uh, just that we do have uh, one or two 
doctors on site and we have professionals supervising. Mm. So in this case, it's more sustainable in a sense that it is by the community for the community. Mm. So we don't depend much on the healthcare professional because we know our KKs, our hospitals are really busy mm-hmm. and to do this extra program is going to be a burden. So that is why we came as an NGO. Mm-hmm. Although my my kerja hakiki or my professional <laughs> is as sports medicine specialist at National Sports Institute of Malaysia. But as from an NGO side, I think there's a lot more we can do. And this is uh, how we set up this program. Mm. How what 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 kind of screening is being done by these volunteers? Maybe just give our listeners a bit of an idea. Sure. So uh, before this, um, we know that during warga mas or elderly uh, screening program, is you like uh, check the blood pressure or mm. vital signs or the BMI. Uh, but in this program, it's not just checking the normal medical checkup. Uh, the volunteers also train to check uh, to uh, assess for uh, frailty. So mm-hmm. uh, when do the screening program, you have questionnaires to assess for frailty. We have questionnaires to assess for quality of life. And when you assess the frailty also, uh, you assess uh, the questionnaires, through questionnaires and also functional. Mm-hmm. Functional meaning uh, you, we assess the grip strength, we assess how they walk, the gait speed, uh, and also we assess the nutrition, nutritional status. And also um, it is a preventive program it's not a screening program only mm. so frailty prevention program so we screen and we intervene so another uh, like Dr. Hazana mentioned just now another component of pre- uh, preventing or delaying frailty is apart from nutritional is also exercise so a, a one of the screening that we do is PARQ a physical activity readiness questionnaire in a nutshell to assess their safety to do exercise. So uh, we we want to implement an exercise program for the elderly. We specifically design for elderly, but also we want to make sure it is safe for them. So these are some of the um, components that the volunteers are trained. So they are the ones who run the show. Mm. Uh, the healthcare professionals just supervise. So we have uh, two or three doctors on site to consult if they have problems. So... We've done this before, uh, meaning we train them. Mm-hmm. And then um, only during the session, we need about 20 to 30 volunteers. And also, we do not need m- many manpower from the healthcare professionals. So again, the model with doing the COVID. So we need to try to let the whole society uh, help out in this uh, cause. Mm. Um, Dr. Harzana, because this is, this is run by volunteers, right? When What are some cases in which someone like you would step in to help? You know, uh, what kind of situations? Okay, so basically, um, we actually have a discussion on it because we, we don't want to, you know, just um, focus on the screening. Of mm-hmm. course, uh, those who have uh, moderate frailty, and then those have, um, you know, problems with the malnutrition, the diet. Mm-hmm. That is actually how we 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 try to step in. That they will waga uh, must will be referred to our clinics mm-hmm. uh, for for the individuals, you know, uh, counselings. And uh, of course, in the clinics, uh, when we detect uh, they have some um, moderate, mild to moderate, basically it's moderate frailty la. So mm-hmm. we can do comprehensive genetic assessment where we is actually a screening um a holistic screening uh, involving physical 
the comorbidities, the, the and then the psychological issues, and then the functional everything. We will uh, do the screening again mm. in the clinic settings, and um, that that's how um, we try uh, to to work uh, seamlessly. Yeah, mm. uh, from this what you call that um, community screenings, and then go to our community clinics. And if we cannot manage in our clinics, if let's say patient, you know. Some of them have dementia. Some of mm. them have, you know, need medication and something like that. So we we can, you know, refer to uh, genetics teams, um, because uh, in our team also we have um, um, expert advisor from the geriatricians. So um, they can help us how to manage all these patients. Yeah, mm. yeah. Um, briefly, Doctor Harzana, generally, <clears throat> um, how would you manage a case of frailty? You know, what sort of interventions would you need to do, or maybe would the individual need to do to at least slow down the progress? You are saying how we do it in a clinic settings, right? Yes. So of course we are doing it in a multidisciplinary approach because um, it's a team based. <laughs> the the way how we do it is actually we have to have a dedicated pathway and dedicated time, okay? Because it it needs a lot of um. Uh, detailed history. Mm. We have to get the detailed history of the patients, uh, as well as from the caregivers, because sometimes we have to get uh, the information from both sides. Okay, and then detailed physical examinations, um, and then uh, the screening tools. <laughs> mm. Okay, because in geriatrics they have uh, many uh, screening tools. Okay, so. Um, from the cognitive, there's a different tools, and then from the functional assessment tools, there's a different tools, many tools. So, um, everyone, uh, like in my team, there will be a doctors, there will be a what we call that medical assistants and nurses. The occupational therapists will look into the function, and then um, the physiotherapists will look into their balance and strengthening gait, something like that. And then from that, we will make a plan uh, together with the patients and this plan must be agreed by both I mean for, by by the patients mm. as well as from the, the caregivers because this actually not and they, they have to um, come uh, to our clinic regularly and follow up something mm. like that so from the intervention it actually depends on what we have discussed so mainly um, the important things um, uh, for the prevention of uh, frailty mm-hmm exercise and then have a good nutrition good diet and then of course uh, vaccinations yeah mm. <laughs> that that's also another important part yeah and then engagement uh, with the social communities because you know elderly people they actually they're prone to have this uh, social isolation and so on and because of the psychological issues they can uh, the, the condition can make worse if they're not connecting with others so mm. yeah Mm. So that's how we, we do it in, uh, in our clinic. clinics. Mm. Yeah. So that's in the clinic, Dr. Munawar. In your program, then how do you um, follow up mm. with patients? What's the process like? Okay. So uh, basically during the screening uh, program, uh, during the screening exercise that we do, uh, firstly, after they've gone through all the screening, so we provide them with two things. Number one, um, the exercise diary. Mm. Uh, number two, with a resistant band, uh, also sponsored by and funded by donations from from the uh, public and also from, from the program itself. Um, with this, during the screening program, right after that, we have a um, anti-aging talk. So, um, of course, um, educational. 
And number two, most importantly, the exercise program itself that will be taught on the same day. So you're teaching them what to do? Correct. So the exercise is specifically for elderly. Mm. Uh, it's a simple exercise. There's five exercises. Um, and then the strategy is to do the same exercises for the next three, six months. Mm. So it's only three, uh, five uh, exercises, but... Uh, in in terms of exercise, we have what we call the principle of progression. So meaning that as long as they can progress, it is a good progress. So when we do this, um, we intervene in the sense that they have to come again every two weeks. So when we do this, for for example, the last time, the first time that we do the screening on the 9th, mm-hmm. and then the next will be on the twenty third. So they have to come again uh, on the twenty third to do the same exercises that we prescribe to them. So when we provided the exercise diary, they have to fill it up. Mm. And then when they come again, they show it to us. Um, and then it doesn't matter how how many they can do it. But if they can do it properly, the next step is they progress. So for example, they do 10 times. The next, the next two weeks, they do 12 times. Mm. Or for example, they can't do even 10 times. They can even do two, three times. Then we can progress five times or 10 times. So um, that is during the intervention. Number two is the nutrition uh, mm. status. So during the screening, we have a nutritional uh, assessment and then uh, we have categorized it. One that um, categorized it, the ones that needed to see a nutritionist uh, or even the worst, uh, the severe ones need to see a dietitian. So during the intervention program, um, which is every two weeks, we have nutritionists on site to give a nutritional talk and also if needed to refer to dietitian too. Again, for the exercises, some, like I said, uh, when we did the PARQ, uh, the assessment of their safety, uh, one of the questions is that they can't exercise because they have um, osteoarthritis or they have uh, pains, um, knee pain or back pain. And of course, with that comes uh, where the physiotherapist plays a role. So uh, sometimes um, they want to do exercise, but they can't do it because they have uh, knee pains. Mm. Uh, so because of that, during the intervention, also we have physiotherapy on site to do the treatment. And uh, when they recover, then can continue the exercise. So you also have a multidisciplinary team on hand. Correct, on site. Uh, mm. So um, the, the concept is previously in the clinic, now we go to the community. So the, the, the screening is... Uh, we want we don't want it to be just a one time mm. it's a it's a prevention program so it is they have to come again every two weeks to do it um, and then again like dr hasana mentioned there's few things component that you can prevent frailty number one exercise number two nutritional number three is the social part so that is what mm. we're doing in the community they come uh, usually this this elderly want to come in, in with their friends it's a group activity correct so <laughs> they come they do the exercises and that is why, how we encourage it, them to do and then the screening is it's not just a screening one one shot we want to see the outcome the mm. progress so uh, the first screening uh, one of the questioners included is to check their quality of life, mm. to check their frailty. We hope after this program, after three to six months of doing the intervention, we do the repeated screening. And then from there, we can see the quality of life. We can see the frailty score. And then uh, with that, we hope that this program, uh, for us, is considered like a pilot study. That's mm. why we're doing in Klang, a small area. We have the KKs and the hospital to help out the communities. Mm-hmm. But if it's a success, then we can implement it to the whole state and maybe to the whole country.
Mm, mm. Um, you know, you said you had one program on the 9th, you have another program this Saturday. Can can people join every time you have uh can can new people join the screening every time you have a new badge? Correct. So um on the 9th, just only one particular location uh, near uh, in Pandamaran Klang. Mm-hmm. So uh every two weeks, even though there are two weeks intervention at the Pandamaran location. Uh, so we do um, have newer locations that mm. we cover. So this coming uh, next uh, coming week, 23rd of September 2023, uh, this one will be doing in Klang also in the district uh, district office, Pejabat Tanah Daerah. Uh, so people can come. Actually, the whole other outside Klang also can come. Mm. Uh, but the intervention, they have to come every two weeks. So that is why we're doing very locally so that their local can come to that. You target that community. Correct, correct, mm. yeah. So so we don't want, you just want program and then they go, they, they forgot how to exercise, they forgot. So even this, when they enter the program, we have a WhatsApp group, remind them to fill up the diaries, <laughs> remind them to do the exercises. Yeah. Yeah, so it's, uh, we want it to be um, an impactful one, not just like um, do one time and then that's it. Mm. Dr. Harzana, do you find that patients sometimes struggle to to keep up to maintain these um, lifestyle changes? Yeah, it is. Um, and especially for the elderly. Mm. Yeah, because I think um, maybe because their awareness on this frailty is not that much mm. for them. Yeah, maybe they think this frailty, you know, ala aida datua lah kenapa nak nak what all these can mm. uh, so such kind of um uh, perceptions uh, we called it uh, as individual ageism mm. so the ageism itself is not only from the others but of course from the individuals itself so uh, their perception barriers yeah, and then their 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 motivations because mm. you, yeah many of them have you know lacks of motivation to engage in physical activity and and especially for the dietary changes that is actually a real challenge so that's why i think uh, in this um um uh, community programs uh, with dr munawa teams and uh, everyone so we we try to 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 understand uh, what is actually their want mm. and of course uh, their 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 social isolation issues nah? so when they have these uh, limited social interactions it's actually reduce the opportunities to do all this um, to to get all these informations and then their comorbidities itself when they have um you know multiple chronic conditions um yeah uh, to go to the site yeah uh, especially when they have this no- knee joint pain and uh, difficult to walk and then it is actually um, a challenge for them yeah so that's why it's actually good if we can provide transport so that's mm. why when we, we we do this program we collaborate with many ngos related to the older people mm. so um they can bring because some of them are volunteers from the other association so they can bring the 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 wagamas that they know of to, mm. because they have that trust partnership there so when they have trust so they can uh, the the wagamas also have trust on the sukarela one the volunteers then they can bring uh, them to the to the uh, community screening and uh, yeah, as mm. a screening and then do the interventions and follow up with us. Mm. You're essentially re- reducing as many barriers as you can, right? You bring it to the community, yeah. you try to make sure that they have transport, that they're doing it with friends, yeah. um, mm. as much as you can to encourage people to come. Um, so, you know, I'm, I'm, how long is this program going to run for Dr. Munawar? So, uh, the planning is for at least, uh, for now, is for one year. Mm-hmm. 
and then we're planning for the first phase in Klang, mm-hmm. and hopefully for the second phase we're planning outside of Klang. Mm-hmm. We want to know also, like in the beginning when we uh, when we discuss with the team, uh, with Dr Hazana and the Dietrichian. Actually, we do not know exactly what's the prevalence of frailty in mm. Malaysia itself. We do have literatures um, from outside Malaysia, but not in Malaysia. Mm. So we want to understand not just um, in, in Klang, but also uh, outside in Slango. Uh, and then from there, we want to know not just the uh, prevalence, but also what's the perception of the people. Um, this is, like you said, it's a lifestyle change. You want them to exercise, you want to do nutritional um Uh, intervention, uh, but but most importantly, as as an aging nation, uh, I think uh, this is the way to go. Um, you go to um, from healthcare, from sick care, you go to healthcare. Yeah. Yeah. So um, and then how we do it is not just based on um, community itself, mm. but also uh, the public health, and also we do it. Via community, so what we teach is via vol- through the volunteers. You want to know, we want to um, spread the knowledge. So this um, knowledge about exercises in elderly, our, our nutritional, what they have to take for elderly, it has should be everyone just just know it. If the five exercises we teach, it's not just should be the healthcare professional or the sports physician knows it. Everyone, everyone should know it, and it's it's really simple. So if we can spread. The words around and the awareness around, and then moving forward, I think it's best for us uh, as a country, as a whole, f- uh, facing the aging nation. So, yeah, I think this is the way to go moving forward. Mm. Where can people go to find more information about this um, this coming screening program and others in the future? Yeah, for sure. Um, so, so, so social media, um, be vital. We we uh, every. Every week we spread it around, mm-hmm. uh, and of course for for Be Vital we have our social media Facebook Be Vital, uh, and then our Instagram. Uh, of course through the communities, I mm. think that is the most important. So we spread it out through the WhatsApp, to the uh, you know the healthy uh, the the elderly they have WhatsApp. That is the All main. All their groups. Correct, <laughs> their groups. So that is our main strategy. Of course, um, like our partners um, through uh, Selangor State Government themselves. Mm. Uh, and then through the uh, district health office, the Majlis Pembandaran Klang, and of course we got help from the Adons also, the YBs to help out. So they know the community too. So these are some of the strategies. Um, and again, after we started it, just I think few weeks, um, we've received many requests from other places to be done at their places. Mm. So um, and then it's not the not the elderly, but their daughters and sons. Mm. Their children, can you do it at my area? Um, this is uh, some of the areas. They know it's important and they know this is the way to go to prevent them from um, getting more sick or getting more hospitalization. So I think um, moving moving forward, this is the way to go for mm. the healthcare system in Malaysia. Mm, you start young, right? You don't want to just start exercising when you're older. You want to start when you're young and keep it going. Correct, correct. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So so the, that young part, I think there's an awareness Uh, in the schools, mm. um, we we uh, we ask them to uh, even even the doubt. now we know for example, um, keep walking 10,000 steps mm. uh, for example. But for elderly, we want to make sure even though 
they are age is not a barrier for them not to do exercises. Mm. Every our concept is everyone can exercise, even though you have heart problem, even you have diabetes, even you have any medical condition, you can exercise. It's just that um, we need to do it safely, and um, this is one of the ways we can do it. Mm. All right, wishing you and Dr. Harzana and the rest of the team all the best in 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 this program. I mean, it sounded like you had very great reception the first one, and and I'm sure the the next few ones as well. Um, thank you both so much for coming on the show today. Thank you. Thank you, Suyan. Thank you, Suyan. I've been speaking to Dr. Ahmad Munawar Helmi Salim, founder of Be Vital Physiotherapy Centre, and Dr. Noor Harzana Harun, family medicine specialist, on this episode of Healthy Aging, where we've been talking about picking up on frailty in the community. I'm Lim Suen, and this has been Health and Living BFM 89.9. You have been listening to a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. For more stories of the same kind, download the BFM app.